Hello and welcome to the Turnhead Podcast. It's season three, episode 10. And well, it was crushed at the cross by Keane from Cork City tonight as Dundalk fell to a humbling 1-0 defeat um, down in Turner's Cross. To go through the game tonight, um, we have Gally and Donald. Gentlemen, how are you? Heartbroken. (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst Easter Monday ever. I can't yeah. say it's good thing that we were killed on Friday and we did not come back to life this weekend. <laughs> Definitely not. Zero Definitely resurrection. Not. Yeah, quite, yeah. Gally, go to you first. Just your your quick thoughts on the on the match. I I I, I walked the dog after the game, right? I'm only back. I'm back in 50 minutes. Go straight. Right? How do we? How would I? Chris is obviously with the first question I'm going to ask lads as every week. What do you think of the game? How can you sum it up? Both teams are poor, but the mm-hmm. difference is we've been so poor over the last couple of weeks, it's magnified tonight. Like, I, I thought on Friday, I thought we were in the Lily White Friday, we were talking to Mark Ross and Jerry Malone, and I kind of thought, right, I, I kind of said, maybe tongue-in-cheek, I kind of said, the next two games are massive. In the back of my mind, I was thinking, no, well, Cork will be fine, because the, the pitch will suit us, the big pitch, you know, good, you know, the decent weather. They're a promoted team and they're still probably, that's only their second win of the season, I think. Mm-hmm. But regardless of how poor they were, there's nothing we could do about it. You know, we couldn't, we couldn't break them down. We couldn't, you know, it was just unbelievably, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I, I can't even describe it. Just, it was like, it, there was no plan. I don't know what the plan was, but, we, yeah. we stopped after A because there the, the just nothing seemed to be. It's not that we were all out of ideas. We just didn't, we luckily we didn't have any. You know, passing was poor. And like the, the funny thing is, I kind of said it jokingly, like we should have been, we couldn't one up after 20 seconds. Yeah. We had no shots on target. And I thought that was shocking until the Donald text me saying, Cork only had one. So, you know, what's, where, where do you go? Like, what do you, what do you do with it? I just don't. Cork have no right to be, that, that Cork team, I mean, have no right to yeah. be turning us over down there. But I mean, we were just so bad, so poor. It's probably and look, the, we've been poor this season. I thought the first game of the season, Oriel Park, I thought we were actually very poor, um, and it was a draw. But that was a, like even a draw tonight, even a one-one. If we'd have robbed it in the end, we'd still be sitting here opening the pot. We wouldn't be, you know, you're not going to be happy with a draw. I just thought, yeah, I, I just I can't believe how, how poor we were. Against a poor team, we definitely have caught came out of the races, but like you know, we didn't do anything to our back line. You know, though, I don't want to get too into it straight away, but I you know Donald's chomping at the bit here to get in. We'll be here at midnight, but I mean, yeah, look, I tell you, I tell you, I wore this jersey because of our guests coming up, an old fast six jersey. We could do with this squad, some of these players playing tonight, some of the Stephen Mahers and Faz Cadoz and those boys tonight, because regardless of injuries, you know, when players are injured, I know we spoke about it on Friday night, you're missing a Pat Hoban, you've Robbie Benson out. Um, you've Lee, you've, you've you know Dan Kelly's come off. I think it's just been confirmed by Reggie on on Twitter. It's a hamstring injury, but players have to step up to the mark. These were signed, you know, late in the day, but they're obviously earmarked for January to be to come in from England and do a job, and they're not doing it. There's, you know, we can talk about individuals later on, but there's one or two tonight for me that would struggle to get a jersey next week if I was up there. I think you know, some really really shocking before. And look. It'd be different, you know. You, you can allow for games like this, 
but not when you were hammered 4 0 by Shaman Grove. And you can even take a 4 0 by Shaman Grove because they're a cut above everybody else at the minute. You know, squad wise, they are not to the start of the season, but squad wise, they are. Yeah. But then following it on from Friday night, no, it's, you can't have that. It's just not. I mean, Jesus, you know, they should have had the weekend to recoup. I mean, what they need now is probably all to go into be on. Bonding session, go into play jump ball tomorrow <laughs> and come back to train on Wednesday because that needs a whole reset. It needs a complete re- reset. There's just something not. I look. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm going to pass over to Donald. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, well, Donald, I did ask for for a quick review there from Dali. <laughs> so that only took six, six minutes. And half, six and a half minutes in the house, Donald. Yeah, I actually. Hey, Donald, your thoughts? thoughts? My review is not going to be any shorter than Gary. So. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is we started an hour and a half earlier than normal, so people have an extra hour and a half if we keep going till eleven and a half less. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. Oh. Go on, Donald. Yeah. Get it off your chest. No, look. So there's a few things I wanted to just follow up on from what Gary's after saying. The home to UCD game, which is the first game of the season, I think is important to remember. So, like things like. These games can happen in isolation. You can have a game where nothing works. You can have a game where the opposition run more than you and are more intense than you for 45 minutes and get a goal up. And then you can't break it down the second half. Like that can happen to anybody, even Rovers. That has happened to Rovers this season a couple of times where they've gotten that position and lost games or drawn games. So that's like in isolation, that's that's one thing. But you mentioned that UCD game. That was exactly the same. We didn't create enough against UCD. UCD were a poor team. The UCD were better than Cork. Yep. Mm-hmm. Against us on the first night, UCD were better than Cork were tonight. Today. I also, yeah, I've got baby brain. I'm not sure what time of day it is or where I am or or what's happening. I actually genuinely had to try and think for a few minutes about the game because it, it felt like it happened about two weeks ago when it was like two hours ago. But <laughs> me and Andrew have been for the past, what, 10, 11 years? Yeah, i got so much respect for you. I don't know how you survived. Um, but yeah, so the UCD thing is important because the repetitive, the things that are being repeated in games. So we had, I think we had five shots on target against Sligo. Now, two of those were the penalty and the rebound. So then outside of that, then in 90 minutes at home to Sligo, we had three shots on target. Tonight we had none. Rovers, I think we had one. So there's a clear problem. And I know we're missing the head of the table. I know we're missing... Patrick Kuhn up front, and and we're missing any semblance of a centre forward at the minute. And I think anybody that I've talked to in the last two weeks has said the same thing about John Marn. He'll run and run and run and try his hardest, but he's just not going to be a centre forward in the long run. So we know that that's a problem. But there was a, there was times tonight where you're like, someone can just have a shot. Like yeah. like Tullock was trying, like. He did try and he did create a couple of half chances from the edge of the box and didn't hit the target with them. So fair enough. Like it can be a bit conf- it can be a bit um misleading to say we haven't hit the target. Whereas if we hit the post and the bar, they don't count as shots on target. You know, like it, yeah, yeah, it's a bit annoying. But the there's been like wildly inconsistent lineups. I know that's because of injuries and because of suspensions and and different things. But you can't from one week to the next you can't tell what our team's going to be. You can't consistently say someone's going to create chances. Now, we looked at if you look at last season, we were winning games and drawing games by not conceding goals. Now, Cork had one shot on target, and it's a goal tonight. And I, we've contributed to it ourselves. You, the Sligo game the other night, we contributed to both goals. We're not defending properly. 
we're not building play out from the back property. We're not creating chances. There's not very much that we're doing right in the last um, few games or this season. And um, but I hate like I hate to be negative. You know, we spent a whole year being absolutely completely negative about everything to do at the football club, and you yeah. get the feeling that right now there is an awful lot of people that are, if not fully on the negative train, are buying tickets to get on the negative train. <laughs> and they're not, nothing has happened in the last two games to make people, <laughs> to keep this going, to make people not buy the ticket. People yeah. are like, there's a, there's, a, there's a train of negativity building and we're not doing anything to get people off it. Um, so I've covered a few things there. I don't know if any of it made sense. But there we have it. Do you, do you feel better though? No, the more I was talking, the more I was remembering other things that were wrong, and the more I was like, "Oh no, I'm not. I'm never going to get through all this. I only have about <laughs> ten minutes. I have to work through these as quick as I can." Well, you gather your thoughts. Uh, I'll go back to Gary for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before the runaway train um, collides into Oriel Park, um, Gary, we, we you know news come out before the game you know donald's just mentioned it about you know, chopping and changing teams we had three changes for tonight greg slogger coming back in i think there was a few people calling for that after you know his appearance when he came off the bench um on friday night and seemed to change the tide of the game um for dundalk to get back into it and um, dan kelly comes in goes up top and we've we've seen that happen and work before for us and then Robbie McCourt comes in at left back. We've seen that one coming. Um, three changes. What did you What did you make of those? Um, I'm not surprised there was changes made. I'm probably more surprised of of the change. I mean, we we spoke about Robbie McCourt last week, and in fairness to Robbie, you know, a surprise signing last this time. Well, not this time last year, summertime last year, but has had a couple of injuries, hasn't, I, I don't know what his minutes are, James Rogers might jump in and tell us how many minutes he's played, but I probably played more minutes for Team Ireland in Birmingham last week, like he hasn't played a lot of minutes on the pitch, so it, I don't know where he fits into playing, but look, like, and, and you forget, you, you also forget Louis Ames, he's missing from centre-half as well, so you know, yeah. we kind of overlooked that, and I, I even looked over, even spoke about last week, I completely overlooked Paul Doyle, I mean, Paul Doyle is missing in the middle of the park as well, yeah. because he's a massive upper when he's, not stature-wise, but, you know, ability-wise, he's, he's, a, he's a cracking player. Greg Slogger's come back in, rightly so. Greg Slogger's, barring, you know, barring a red card or crutches, Greg Slogger should be playing. You know, like, <laughs> you know, it would take a lot. I mean, they, you don't need Pat Huben. Like, for instance, Pat Huben starts on the bench today. I don't know how fit he is, but, mm. you know, 70% of Pat Huben is better than 100% of some of the footballs in the league. You know, obviously, you're probably not going to throw him in. You're probably thinking, right, look, we'll go down to Cork. Big pitch, it'll suit us. You know, rightly or wrongly, probably rightly, in, in, in the defence, Stevie, yeah, you've had to start probably hooping for the bench. People are calling from the come in, but you got to wait till the second half. you got to see how the game's going. You're obviously not expecting it to go like that. But mm. that's what squads are for. You know, like, there should be no fear. A club like Dundalk should be signing players. There should be no fear of chopping into the squad. The problem is that there's players being put on. Like, a recurrence of Dan Kelly's hamstring, should he have started? You know, was it, were the wary about it before? It, it's, it, it, there's a lot of chopping and change, but I just don't know whether we're out of luck with injuries. We've got no luck with injuries. You know, you're Robbie, you're Benno sending off a couple of weeks ago. You know, Louis out sick. 
you know, there was a time there, maybe three or four games in the league when we probably had our best 11 out and we were, you know, playing really good football. We're outstanding. We haven't been outstanding, but playing really good football. The back line for me, you know, it's it's Leahy, Boyle, Ainsley and uh, Muller. Mm. Archie Davis is okay, but I still think Muller's a better fullback. So when you start chopping and changing simple stuff like that, that kind of cycles off to the team. I mean, for instance, like we talked about Alfie Lewis played last week, deep holding role. I think he should be playing further up the field. I actually think this might sound completely mental, but Robbie McCord is probably a better CDM in that role than Alfie Lewis. Now, he hasn't played a lot of minutes. Robbie McCord's probably but, played everywhere else. So you might that, That's what I mean. But for me, he's, he's, he's 100%. He's not a wing back. Like, I'm, I, I can run quicker. He's not, he's not a wing back. But I think when we're looking for that little bit of creativity up top, we've we nothing going up top tonight. Alfie Lewis is probably that man. Look, we cried about Wardy. Wardy's come on and it hasn't worked either. It's just one of those nights. I hate saying that, one of those nights. That's really cliche. But, you know, the changes haven't worked. But whether mm. or not, but as long as your performance is like that, it doesn't matter who you've been on the field. Like, as long as there's not that drive to get, like in the final third, we created nothing. Like, Pollock's had one or two chances. That's pretty much it. O'Kane's come on. Ryan's come on. Normally, I'm, you know, can't wait to get him on the field. And look, it's great to get him on, but again, nothing's happened. But that's that's not him not trying. It's just not, it doesn't seem to be fluid enough for them to get the ball out the feet and, pass, and move the ball around the team. They just seem to be lacking everything. Everything. Like, even headers. We couldn't win a header. Mm. You know, 50-50 balls. We were second to most of them. You know, it's just, it was just done. Look, I know Cork were tough. They're a battling team. But they're not a team you should be going down there on a summer's day. You know, that the, I know it started got rain, but at the start of that game, it was a perfect evening for football. You've got to be going down there looking to win, never mind picking up points. It's not results we're looking for. It's it's the win. We don't need our result. It's, it's the win you're looking for after the last two weeks. Look. Is it is it strange, though, we start Yili Coco out on the right? Yeah. Dan Kelly's, that's his natural position. Like, should he have gone there? Should have been John Martin up top? Because if you don't play a Hoopin because he's not fully fit, then surely you don't play Dan Kelly, do because now he's gone and got injured on you. So by that logic, you know, it's 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 it, it might take to... something like that. It might take a brave decision. Yeah. And like if there was a game to do it, it probably is today. Uh, hindsight, of course, hindsight's great. We're, we're all great with hindsight. But you know, Ellie Coco may be playing off, you know, as a false name. Maybe that could have worked. If you're going to do it, like he's got in on goal after 20 seconds. No right yeah. to be in there. He's gotten in great defending. You know, could it have been something that worked? Absolutely. But of course, we're saying this after the final whistle. Um but it just there just seems to be like Donald had said. We between us here, we can probably can't pick the strongest eleven at the minute. You know, it, it seems to be all yep. kind of. I know Tullock's gotten a good run on it, but he's not. He, for me, he's just not doing enough to be meriting those amount of minutes. You know, it doesn't like mm-hmm. Mali is missing tonight again. You know, like, like and when he's on it, he's a cracking footballer. Like, I stupidly must have jinxed him on Friday because I'd said himself and Lewis are two top players when they're on it. But again, he's he's missing tonight, um, and like. I don't know what Steve, Stevie can't really do that. Like he's put them out, they've trained well, probably he's put them out, he's given them a plan. Not, there's no way they're executing it because that's not the plan they were given. You know, it, it, you know, there's only so much a manager can do. The boys have to go out and do it. I just there just seems to be nothing to like. I I Cork are probably really shocked that they won it. But when they look back and go, like, you know, they didn't really they didn't really put us on the massive amount of pressure. The only way we were going to score tonight was a wonder strike from 30 hours. Because we couldn't we couldn't we couldn't get into the box, we couldn't walk it in, couldn't pass it around, couldn't get deep enough. I, you know, I won the strike from 25, 30 yards is all we were going to score from tonight. And that was never coming because they, they couldn't get any space. Couldn't find any space. Donald, because I know you're tight on time. I'll, I'll give you the gift of the goal 
um, for tonight and um, to talk to talk through that moment. Um, Gally was just talking about putting under pressure and, you know, you could see just before the goal, I think it was, you know, Shep and the defence couldn't understand, you, am I going to kick this ball long, short or whatever? Shep kicks it out for, straight out for a throw in. Trajeers from the shed behind him. Ball comes back down again. He gets to go all over again and we the ball just gets recycled. It's a long punt down. There's, you know, we've got to be, we've got to be doing that. It's right down the middle. We got to, you know, Try to win our first head. We didn't do that. Someone needs to track a man. That wasn't done either. Suddenly it's one on one with Shep then and the and uh King uh, Murphy slips the ball in. What was your thoughts on it? Um so <laughs> uh, I'm still look, there's it seems like there's communication problems. I don't know where the communication problems are coming from. So when the goalkeeper has the ball. He did seem like last year he knew what to do with it. Like he knew if he was supposed to hit it long and again, missing the centre forward, I, I get that. But the, there, there was a communication thing last year where they he seemed a lot more comfortable with his distribution. He doesn't seem comfortable this year at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the second goal on Friday night is a, and like is symptomatic of that as well that he wanted to kick a forward but had no one to kick a forward too so we played it short and we get caught and we can see the goal and yeah it's it's very 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 frustrating because it's you think the easiest thing in the world is just to like punt it up field if he's confused just punt it up field but then if we don't win he just did that and put it out for a throw in and that's obviously in the back of his mind then isn't it yeah and if you don't if you don't win the first ball that he kicks out and we don't win the second ball. It, they're like they're they're clean through on goal. So I, I, it's one of those things where you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. Like you, you don't want you want them to be able to p- play out from the back because that's how they're going to build up possession. And against a team like Cork, where you don't have a centre forward, like we like Sligo the other night, if we punt the ball forward, it's just coming straight back because we don't have anybody to win it. But teams seem to have figured out. Yeah, uh, the only player that we want to play the ball through midfield on or with is Alfie Lewis. And as yeah. soon as Alfie Lewis gets the ball to his feet, there's two players on his back. It's like thinking of like the pantomime thing of like he's behind you every single time he gets the ball. <laughs> but there's somebody on top of him, and it's. I'm starting to think of like what like what else can they do? Like if if the long ball isn't working and playing the ball through Alfie Lewis in midfield isn't working, then. Where else can you go with it? Mm. And also, I see Patsy bring that up. Um, could he have saved it? Like, could he have saved the one shot on target? I, I think he, I think he did kind of slip slightly coming out um, to close the player down. So yeah, I give him the benefit of the doubt on that. Yeah. Like, okay. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's more just when, you know, when everything's going wrong. Of course, he slips when he's coming out to try and save the one shot. You know, it's just like, yeah. that happens. Um, it's just when when you really, 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 really need a break and really need a big save. Yeah. It, it just didn't happen for him. And in fairness to him, look, look, it's happened hundreds of times last season. He bailed us out of so many situations. Even this season's gotten his points. It was just the slip. And then the and also, the, as you can tell, the Friday night goals are still stuck in my head because they're two of the worst goals I've ever seen them all concede. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, I'm still thinking he should have saved the second one. But anyway, we look. It wasn't good. I the the 
the main thing I think is that there's a there's a problem with our with our possession and keeping the football, and it's leading to goalkeeper not knowing what to do with the ball when he has it in his hands, and then we're just coughing it up and giving it straight back to the opposition, whoever they are. Gally, is there something to be said with you know Donald mentioned it before? Just at the top of this pyramid is is Pat Hoobin, who we've seen drop deep, build, play up around it. Is that something that we need from our you know? from Chef's point of view, to have that focal point where that, that's exactly worst case scenario, I'm hitting it to him, it's going to stick and that'll get us out of trouble. Like is, is that part of the problem? And then I'm thinking even behind that should be Robbie Benson. He's not been there for the past three games and been injured before that. You know, we could nearly go right the way down the spine of this team. We're talking about struggling with leadership. We're talking about struggle of big men to step up. Is this all part of the same issue, do you feel? Yeah, it doesn't help. I mean, look, we, we talked about Pat Hoogan. You know, I, I still mentioned Anglesey at centre-half. You know, Paul Doyle as well coming in to show up the midfield. You know, like Greg Slogan not playing, that's not the other night. And they're all players. We, we had this issue on the Filippo as well. We had that spine of the team that wasn't there, wasn't right. But one thing you could always rely on was Pat Hoogan. You know, often when he gets injured, it's massive. You know, it's absolutely I know he's come on tonight, but I mean, yeah. he's, been out, he's been out of the game for a couple of weeks and yeah, that focal point is needed for chefs. But I still say, like, you know, a Dan Kelly or Ryan Tullock should be decent enough on the air to come in and compete for that ball. Like, we, I, I don't know how many. It was the same against Sligo. There was a little bit of head tennis in the middle of the park against Sligo that led to their first goal the other night. There was more mm-hmm. head tennis tonight. Just nobody just wanted the ball to feet to get it down. Like, Pat Hoban gives you that outlet. What Pat Hoban gives you is he's worked two in midfield. He comes deep and it, it takes two to mark him. So a centre yeah. half generally, he'll either drag a centre half in or he'll occupy two midfielders coming looking for the ball and that's what he gives you John Martin on his sheer size and strength should be able to do the same but he just doesn't have it I don't know if it's just the you know probably the mental attitude of it maybe just not being used to playing there you know when he when he is playing Dickie Kelly definitely won't give it to you you know gives you pace but you know yeah, yeah there's a bit of height there I get it but not he doesn't give you that strength he's easily busting off the ball but when you're missing players like that and of course Pat Hogan knocks the ball down Robbie Benson's normally there if Greg Slog is playing, he's not playing too deep to cover anybody. He's normally, and that's it all factors in, but it's still no excuse for. Like, if you look at the Alfie Lewis, Greg Slogger, Mali tonight, Mali was signed as a starter. You, you know, Ma, you know, Mali supposedly keeping keep water out of the pitch, out of the field, you know, that, that kind of role. So he should be he should be there competing. I get we don't have a focal point, but you know, they've probably they've started training with Pat Hogan week in, week out. You know, they, you know, they, they should be saying, right, well, if he's not playing there, somebody's got to take this on. They should be able to spot someone and look. We've gone into the league. The, the ironic thing is, we're looking, we're talking about strikers and, you know, a focal point. Dave McMillan was retired from football. Dave McMillan could play tonight, you know, having not trained, probably could come in tonight and do a job for you. You know, for, so for some reason, nobody in the league signed this fella. Surely we could go out and give him a buzz and say, Dave, we need a, we need a contract for three months. We need to sign you up. Like, you know, get him in. If nothing for experience. Like yeah, yeah. Like I said it last, I said it last. I don't know if it was the last podcast in Oriel or the week before. There is no way there's not a baller in the under 19s that can come in there and do a job. I don't. I, there's no way. But somebody's got to come in there instead of chopping and changing the bench and playing players here and trying one out here, trying Dickie Kelly up top. There has to be somebody there. Like Owen Kenny was named at the bench the other night. Was that Friday night? Yeah. And then t- tonight he's not there. He's not there. So like. You know, there's obviously something there that you might be able to do a job, but I, I just think I, I, at this stage you shouldn't fear doing that now. They should be looking and say, right, lads, if you aren't pulling your full-time wages, you're waiting. 
We're going to bring in the lad. We're going to bring in some boys to see if we can do it. Like, you know, give them their chance. Give them a run of it. But to answer your original, yeah, look, Pat Hoogan, we can talk. Pat Hoogan gets on to any squad in Ireland. Yeah. Irish League. In any team, yeah. SSEL, Tracy, anybody. He gets on ahead of own Doyle that's come back from England. The only person in the last probably 15 years that I would debate that would run Pat Hoogan close is Christy Fagan. If you go through all the strikers in the league of what you're looking for, those yeah. two are out and out a country mile of anybody else. And obviously you've got your Kilduff and McMillan, but they're different type of players. But that type of workhorse, I don't think there's any, but maybe Shawnee Maguire might come into it on his day as well. But then mm. he was used as Rory Park, so we can't act on that. <laughs> but uh, I, when you're missing a player like that, it's you, but th- there's got to be enough. You've signed the squad. Like somebody had mentioned there a couple of months of pre-season, I think it was so like, they're right. Mm. Like, you know, no matter, these boys were signed late, but it's four months ago. You know, it's the first yeah. week in January. You know, it, it, it's... They've played, we're, we're through the first round of games and we're nine matches into this league. We're, we're, that's the end block of the first set of games. They now have to study those games and say, right, we have to do the exact opposite of what we've done for those nine games. Because Derry now on Sunday at three o'clock, you know, I got a text earlier on, just a, just a random text. Oh, do, do you think, it's from another fan from another another club. And, you know, do you think, do you think maybe O'Donnell might be in trouble? I was like, no, but I mean, if we're still here next Sunday, you know, mm. the, the lads are going to start asking questions. And like, I don't believe he is. I think, I still think, like, abs, there's no doubt in my mind that he's the, the man for the job. But this is where it starts to creep in and people come home from games, they're so disappointed or tweeting out the stuff more than anger than anything else and they don't let it settle. This way, this podcast, you know, we're live straight after the game, so it could be dangerous sometimes. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, for, for once, we've had a two-hour gap between the match, so we've got a time to think. But you still haven't calmed down, I wouldn't mind. No, and there's no... There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no there's no covering that tonight. Like, I had said on Friday night, the two next two games are massive. After that tonight, I, I like I really feel for like I, I think I said this last year. We actually told we might have taken a couple of points off Rovers or beat Rovers, but Sunday now three o'clock. It, it it's it's huge. It's absolutely huge. It's the first game of the, the next round of games. It is massive. It's as big as a game we probably played since the cup final. The last cup final. That, that it's massive. It's huge. Only ten games at least. It's absolutely huge. Look at look at Bo's points total already. You know, they're not drawing games that are way out in front. We're, we're 10 points off them already. It's frightening. We're down Don't to know, seven. Don't get you back in. <laughs> um, Gally's covered a multitude of points. Gally can do a separate podcast <laughs> where we just rant at each other for a couple I'll, hours. I'm trying to get you in on something. Um, look, uh, you know, we're talking of trying to get some sort of a focal point and, you know, Gally's mentioning Dave McMillan and stuff like that. But, you know... <laughs> You can see that Skip rolled the dice to try to get his own architect of a way to get back into this game. And, you know, we brought in O'Kane, Wardy, Hooban, still couldn't get anything out of it. But then Tullock's best two chances probably did fall during that period too. Yeah. The, the, um, I think the in, in some of the substitutions work, some of them... A lot of times when we're losing and we make like a rash of substitutions towards the end of games or 20 minutes before the end of games, we're, we always sort of <laughs> we always sort of end up um, scrambling amongst ourselves in the, in the chat to try and figure out what uh, formation we're playing. Um, there are a couple of bad words being said there. We're not allowed to say those. Um, <laughs> but the, the, we should be... <laughs> it's We created a couple of half chances. Mm-hmm. Well, like I'm saying, we did. He created them basically by himself. Out there, you know, a couple of like short little passes and stuff out in the left side. But we didn't. 
a couple of balls into the box, maybe from corners or free kicks or something, maybe caused a bit of chaos. But it, it's just there's an incredible lack of creativity. Um, yeah. And I would like the, the game, the game plan. Like you're like, you know, Cork are going to be up for it. Cork are going to be up for every home game. Massive crowd, right. massive atmosphere and stuff. So they're going to come out of the blocks, and you could like they're going to run themselves into the ground for 45 minutes, which they did. They're going to get tired late in the game. They're going to drop further and further back. Like we have to know that's what's coming. Like we have yeah. to know that we're going to get to 20 minutes from the end. Whatever the score is, we need to be pushing on, creating chances. And I guess <laughs> someone earlier on saying if we were like a, a competent attacking team, we'd have scored two or three goals before the end of the game because the chances were there. We just mm-hmm. just couldn't create them. Um, and it's very familiar, like I was saying, to the games that some of the games I've seen this season, even ones that we've won. Even like the game in Drogheda that we won, we did it yeah. without creating really any chances. And it's like, let me turn the lights off myself. Um, <laughs> that, that definitely means it's time to go. The lights are gone off. Um, <laughs> That's the yeah, way. So I'm, I'm going to giving you a hint, pal. I'm going to jump because I have to, you know, be a, look after a very cranky baby. But um, he also has to look after a very cranky dad too. So it's a it's a He's gonna have his walk out of him tonight. <laughs> he has to, he's listened to all this already. He was listening to it when the game was on. <laughs> but, um, the one thing I will say is fucking Joe Biden's ruined this because Friday night with the atmosphere, I would imagine the atmosphere would have been great for the dairy game Friday night. Sunday, three o'clock is not the same, obviously, we can still create a bit of an atmosphere, but genuinely would not be surprised. If we got a result on Sunday, oh, we like absolutely. There's not the fact that we're going to give out of it and call it a master game. Yeah, it's going to talk. Thoughts is going to turn around. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, but backs against the wall stuff like that's when Orioles at its best. Yeah, when yeah. when we're everybody's just you know underdogs. Everybody feels like an underdog. Everybody feels like they need to get involved and get the place going again. Those are the best nights. Those are the best games in Orioles when we're up against it. And Jesus Christ, we were up against it on Sunday and obviously there's a few people that will recognize names I won't say um, and a couple of people you know that will get a nice reception and some people that will not get a nice reception but it should be a great atmosphere and I'm not going to say I'm confident we're going to get something but careful then <laughs> yeah, anyway it's on more, that it's bombshell, more I'm going to leave it's more of a yeah, sorry, Tom. Sorry, it's more. It's, what I was going to say, it's more of a performance thing. Like, if you can get a draw and it's a cracking performance, brilliant, brilliant. Oh, if they play absolutely muck and win one nil, oh, no. yeah, of course. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. But, but the performance level has got. Like, they even compete with the likes of Derby City. That the performance has got to go up tenfold. Yeah. Right on on that bombshell. I'm gone. <laughs> go, for it, Tom. go for it, Tom. Go for it, uh, Gally, on nights like this, it's nice to have a little light yes. relief um, yes. while while staying within football. Um, please welcome to the show for the second time. Uh, now it's Paul Bean. Paul, how are you? Hi guys, how's it going? Paul, how's it? All good, all good. Um, Paul, you you were with us last year for KitCon when when it came to um, Dundalk for the first time. Uh, it's back again this year and it's great to see you back and great to see a good plethora of league of ireland jerseys there behind you too yeah i didn't realize you guys are playing uh dirty uh, uh on sunday sorry about that now i probably should have uh, changed the display uh 
I was coming on here expecting that you guys were going to be rocking from a great victory. So, uh, sorry, do I have to tiptoe around it? Or? No, no, please. Pull the, pull the band-aid off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Pahuba was doing the business. He came and, uh, and lit up uh, last year's KitCon as well. So he's uh, brilliant on and off the pitch. Uh, so uh, mm. fair play to him. He's still doing the business. Uh, great man. Great baller. I think last year's event, Paul, um, you know, was, went, went down extremely well. Um, great feedback from everybody who, who was at the event as well. I suppose, tell us about this year's event and um, what you're going to add to it, I suppose, to make it even better. <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to be difficult because uh, the people of Dundalk uh, really showed us uh, a brilliant time. Uh, they came down in their droves and uh, it was a really, really, really good day. There was loads of kits on display and loads of great talks and... Um, People came down from, from all over, but it was well populated by the lovely people of Dundalk. And as I said, Pat Hooven came along as well and uh, and uh, gave us a bit of glamour. Uh, so this year, yeah, we're uh, moving a little bit further south to the big smoke. And um, we're going to be a little bit bigger, a little bit better. Um, we're... The groundswell on the ground is there's, there's more collectors, there's more vendors, and there's going to be even more talks. And we're expanding it into a sort of two-day event this year okay. so um yeah it's really really starting to grow uh steam and uh really really looking forward to it yeah um and, and of course you you have kept some sort of uh dundalk links uh for this year well i believe derek pepper is there with his collection of jerseys and now anyone that knows derek well lo- knows that he loves to have an opportunity to get out the old jerseys and and go through them all um, we've seen his array of jerseys before and they're fantastic and there's a great story behind them all I presume he's probably going to bring maybe some of his Dundalk maybe some of his Liverpool stuff will it? Well we're hoping yeah, that he'll bring as uh, many uh, of his shirts as possible he's got one of the finest collections of match-worn shirts probably in the country and uh, he is Jack Snacks on yeah. uh, social media apparently that's the famous chip fan in Dundalk <laughs> isn't it? Chip or, fan, yeah 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 he used to be the square in Dundalk after a night out <laughs> Okay well, I only just recently found out the story about that yeah but uh, Derek yeah lovely guy and uh, he wasn't actually um, available to uh, he popped down briefly last year, but he wasn't in a position to showcase. So uh, we're delighted to have him on board. He's bringing his uh, match-worn Dundalk collection from yes, shirts from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, like some of the most uh, iconic uh, shirts, yeah. and they're all match-worn. So they're that little bit extra special, and he's going to be um, showing them off to kitsters from all over the world. And there's a lot of different League of Ireland representation this year, and uh, delighted to have Derek on board. Uh, and it's the type of collection that you might just see online every now and again, or if you're lucky enough to know him well, you, maybe you can uh, pop around and see it in his house. But the whole point of having these collections is that they should be showing off, you know, and yeah. that's the whole point of KitCon that uh, I'm looking to grow it into a, into a, a huge event in a couple of years time where kit collectors up and down the country are just dusting them down, taking them down from the attics, taking them out from the wardrobes or uh, the rails where they have them and showing them off. Like what's, yeah, what's the point of a collection unless you can show it off, right? And, and some of the photos you put up this week, like we're seeing, um, Irish international jerseys. We're seeing League of Ireland jerseys in there. I mean, there's a range of everything. Uh, Premiership jerseys. So there's, there's a little bit for everybody, really, isn't it? 
Uh, this is like going to be, you know, snapshots uh, throughout Irish football history for a lot of different League of Ireland clubs or the national team as well. You know, we have collections this year from the Ireland national team, Northern Ireland, Borussia Dortmund, Manchester United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Dundalk, Bowes, Finn Harps, Cork City, all the 90s Cork City shirts, the Guinness ones. Oh, oh my no. God, seeing them in the flesh, unbelievable. Yeah. Sligo yeah, Rovers, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Newell's, Old Boys, uh, the Dublin Fluminense uh, Supporters Club are coming wow. uh, this year. So we're having a little bit of exotic South American flair being brought to the event as well. And uh, yeah, some of the Ireland collections, they're match-worn match stuff from... Italian 90, like bonkers, like bonkers, you know, holy grail stuff, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Stuff that is, you know, once, once in a million, once in a lifetime, you know, and most people will never get an opportunity to, to, to own it. So to come down and see it, regardless of what type of uh, interest you have in kits, whether it's a passing interest or whether you're a massive kit collector, there's um, something for everyone. And it's really great just to come down and, and, and see it. You know, Eddie O'Mahony is going to be there again. He's going to bring even more of his um, stuff. And last year he had a 1937 goalkeeper match-worn Ireland shirt. Probably one of the oldest goalkeeper shirts in existence, you know. Yeah. Uh, he had Packy Bonner's jersey from Genoa. He had Ray Houghton's jersey from Stuttgart. He had uh, Richard Dunn's from Moscow. So I, oh, I have no yeah. idea how he's going to top that and what he's going to bring this year. But... um. Just, just great to see that little, you know, feel that little bit of polyester and feel that piece of magic, and it just transports you back to exactly where you were when the, when that magic moment happened, you know. For for you, Paul, tell me, like, when you see jerseys coming out, what 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 is it for you that you that attracts you to to certain jerseys? Like, is it the obscure? Is it the ones that took a risk on something? Is it the ones that throw? Back to their history on it. What what for you really makes a, a good design on a jersey? I think I was only talking to somebody about this the other day, and I think it's the it's almost the um, vacuum and the air between all those components you talk about. You know, okay. we talked about the Irish uh, shirt that came out, and if you identify the different components in it, the pinstripe, the collar, mm -hmm. the cuffs, uh, the the colorway, you know, all of them kind of are okay, you know. But mm -hmm. it's it, the beauty in design is, is is bringing all those components together and giving it that extra sort of little dose of magic, you know, that makes it makes yeah. it work. And sometimes that's you know indescribable. You don't you don't quite know, but it, it's the aesthetics that that only the artist or only the designer really knows. And it's bringing all those components together and putting it together in, in something that really works. And that's why it's so varied. And that's why everyone has, you know, such a, such a varied taste. But um, I think Castor got it wrong. I think it would, uh, I'm a little bit underwhelmed with, with I, the I was Irish. Just gonna, that was, I was going to ask you what you thought of it. What, what was your thinking when it was released? Yeah, I just thought they could have been a bit braver. I thought, you know, I thought they were coming into the market in a difficult, you know, background. And uh, I thought they had an opportunity there to to shake the market up and make a statement. And I thought they played it maybe a little bit safe. And it just didn't really come off for me. Like, you know, I thought it was a little bit, a little bit bland. 
perhaps <laughs> and uh, I didn't like it on the pitch I don't I don't think it really came together well and uh, yeah maybe, maybe time will tell but it certainly didn't grab me straight away but I have very very strange tastes I love uh, even some crazy Dundalk stuff that has a, a 90s uh, reference uh, that draw yeah. had a shirt as well I thought was uh, really really cool you know mm -hmm. and my favourite Galway United shirt is uh, 97, 98 yes as well away uh, yeah. And I don't know if that has maybe the dub colours on it. Maybe that's my, uh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> to answer your question, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think it has to grab me. For me personally, it has to grab me right then and then. It has to make a statement. It has to have a wow factor. It has to be a little bit brave and a little bit bold. It has to have done something a little bit different. I don't mind if it draws on traditions and it draws on, you know, um, mm -hmm. certain things that are, 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 are part of the, the fabric of the club. But if you play it too safe, you know, I'm, I'm not a particular fan of it, you know. But a lot of the big clubs have to play it safe, you know. They only make the small little designs because they want, they want to keep the traditions going. And as I said, everyone has totally different tastes. So, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's not really a right or wrong answer to it. I, I was watching. Um, it was just. It was just. I actually. It was. It was on my Instagram. You're because I follow you on my feed. You, you popped up once or twice. But on, uh, you were on talking kit, and it was the talk about the desert island kits. And you had mentioned. I watched bits and pieces, but you had mentioned. I fell in a complete wormhole about. Why two didn't you? Sort of why, didn't you why didn't you watch the whole thing? I've watched it. <laughs> Twenty minutes long. How busy are you? And why would you admit that? You wouldn't have to. I just started. Well, I think I just I just caught it right. Paulie's already down. Don't beat him. You mentioned Icarus kits. This Icarus brand. Yeah. I'd never I'd never really heard, but I fell in this wormhole of watching. You just mentioned they are like kits that stand out. That like they're a company that I've never seen kits as kind of bold as this you know some, some of them are just absolutely i i know they're talking i don't mention they're, are they talking at the kickcon or i think they came across your, your feed but they're really actually sponsored yeah they're yeah. they've actually come on board as sponsors and uh, right. they are one of the most dynamic um brands in really really world football stuff. at the moment yeah. yeah they're kind of the cheeky young upstarts from philadelphia you know and uh the americans have absolutely no link you know they have no they don't pay any kudos to tradition they're they they rip up the the the, the template and you know start afresh and the 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 renaissance and lower league soccer in the last few years has been driven by um traditionally or typically young people so whereas over this side of the world you know the the clubs are at the very top, there's maybe older people and there's a fuddy-duddiness and there's a tradition and there's, you know, different, a whole different landscape. Whereas mm -hmm. over there, they're creating football clubs all the time and the, and the whole landscape is new and it's dynamic and it's fast moving. And they're using the opportunity of um, broadcasting their, their story and their message around the world with these jerseys. And Icarus have um, been a major part of that. And they're, uh, you know, giving giving people the opportunity to fly, not too close to the sun, though. Hopefully, <laughs> but um, so yeah, delighted to have them on board. That's a major coup for the event, you know. Uh, that's us, uh, you know, putting our putting our stamp on it, and um, and hopefully introducing uh, the Irish football fan or the Irish kids there to Icarus like yourself there's probably not a lot of people that would have heard it um, people who are in the space maybe would have maybe come across them in the last few years but they're uh, popping up now and they're um, they're in the Ghanaian Premier League now and they're in different uh, African countries and they're all over uh, the UK 
And uh, I would imagine um, they're gonna you're gonna see them on an Irish kit at some stage. Yeah, they're definitely um, they're definitely growing. And uh, yeah, fresh, exciting, brand new designs. Like it's 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 a whole new. They they don't they don't pay any heed to any traditional sort of sense. It's it, it's a whole new um, it's a whole new landscape, and I I love it personally. I love I love what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, I've kind of fallen. In the dog I've had, look, you know, obviously black and white, the club colours. The home kit kind of stays rigid enough, but I always enjoy the away kit being as mad as possible. You know, not 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 like you know, no, that nobody will buy it, but like for instance, <laughs> I know like. The Bose kit a couple of years ago, they had done the Dublin bus. It was a really hit and miss thing, but it was something completely different. It was something that hadn't been done. I mean, I know they've done the Bob Marley stuff over the years. And, yeah. But, you know, stuff that hasn't been done, it's it's a unique piece of kit to own. You know, like even that Galway one, until you said that was Galway, I couldn't see the Christ. I, did, I thought it was a Coventry jersey. I don't remember yeah. Galway having that yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. that colour scheme. And the, the, for the away kit, for the away kit or the tall kit, the madder, the better, I think. I think they're more kind of, it's a unique spin on what, you know, the simple black and white, you for instance, just using the dog as an example, like you say, the red one there behind you as well on the left, it's... Yeah, it's I love difference. that red one there, and, and I love the GNR kit uh, that yeah, they had as well, uh, I think that's, that's a good. lovely move, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm liking what Player Fit are doing this year as well, like, you know, um, uh, I'm not quite sure, yeah, hopefully uh, they're coming down to kick on as well, uh, I have been talking to, um, to Player Fit as well, like, so... Um, uh, they've yet to confirm, but uh, please God, we see them. I saw your um, your podcast shirt that they did. That's really cool as well. It looks really good. I have to say, yeah. I, I, I love it. And uh, yeah, the home kit was played a fairly safe, but I thought mm. the away kit this year with player fit is uh, is uh, is really good. So I'm excited to see what they're um, gonna do in the space as well. Yeah, and yeah, like that second and third jerseys are always that a little bit easier. To Oh, we lost you, Paul. Oh, pushed. oh, it's gone. We'll give him a sec. Mental. He's right. Oh, he's gone. Oh, there we go. Oh. All right. Don't we're know back. what happened there. Was that me? Or was it? You're back. It's okay. Right. <laughs> you were just um, saying like, the second and third kits. It's it's good. Just yeah, to... it gives you a license to be a little bit more, um, you know, flamboyant with it as well. And I think true design classics are always marmite at the start, always. If you look back yeah. on any of the ones that people, you know, say that are, are, are classics now, at the time, people either love them or hate them. And that's that's usually the line where it's, as I said, that, that certain je ne sais quoi in the, in the design thing. Sometimes the designers are ahead of their time or, or they see something that other people don't. And that's what creates the friction at the start. And that's why some people hate it and some people love it. And invariably, they're the ones that go on to be... The true classics. Look at the bruised banana there when our, the Arsenal shirt when that came out, it was absolutely pillar, pillar. Yeah, true. Hated. <laughs> uh, it was uh, even by their own fans. And now, uh, you know, it cost you three, four hundred euros if you had one. You know. Yeah, you know, I even think back to the dog. Remember the, the dark green one? Do you remember John Flanagan? We were playing John Flanagan. Yeah. They had a green like an emerald. They've never done it since, but it was a real, like you say, it was a one. It was only used for one season. I think. Like a real, like if you had one now, I don't even know if it was sold as a jersey if anybody bought it, but it's such a, like that green was never used again. It, it's such a, it, it's really classic now because it's like you say, at the time, it would have been like, mom, we're not, we're not having this. But then you look back at God, I'd love to see something of that kind of vein now done again. 
Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, you know. And uh, I was just looking at Derek sent me some photos of the type of kits that he's bringing down. I can't wait to see some of these uh, harp lager kits and uh, in oh, the yeah. flesh, you know, with the ones with the little narrow pinstripes. And yes. I remember having, um, yeah, cutouts and posters and stuff on my wall about these kind of things. And and yeah. and, and, and Dundalk were this exotic team, you know, <laughs> like that I knew nothing about. And uh, I always remember that particular uh, kind of era of kids. So I'm looking forward to seeing them in the flesh. Paul, is there any teams that when they release the jersey each year you're always waiting on and, and, and i'm thinking like i know you went mad for the vicenza jersey when, when that came out last year you know real iconic and um, yeah i bought the new one since, since i was talking <laughs> to you as well yeah, yeah yeah so um yeah i guess um sometimes there's a bit of fomo in the industry yeah and there's a lot of chatter about particular shirts and then yeah when they come out people are kind of clamoring on them i've kind of peeled back uh, a little bit on that but i think this particular era of venezia shirts is going to be mm. you know go down in 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 history because it's the first proper sort of fusion with the fashion world and it's uh they're almost you know taking a, a step above and beyond just it the the purpose of a football shirt is to be distinguishable on on a football field, whereas yeah. they've 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 almost made that you know the secondary kind of um, purpose of it. So they're kind of uh, gone into the stratosphere a little bit with it. And and you know some people have have said that that's kind of you know disrespectful or that you know to the club or to the traditions or anything like that. But anything that's bold and anything that is you know good in terms of creating a few ripples um that's invariably what 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 sells the shirts and that's that's what benefits the club and gets the message out there so um yeah i i, I don't i don't uh, only only caversham united shirts they're the, the club that i sponsor uh, and they're the only ones that i absolutely have to get nailed down uh, every every year when they come out but uh, apart from that no i think um the main shift is is going backwards now. You know, the biggest um, the biggest thing is is people are looking for retro kits now, and it's yeah. such a shame, such a shame that the League of Ireland didn't capitalize in the eighties and the nineties. You know, because there was no, there's nothing available. There's nothing no. available now, uh, and there's actually a huge opportunity for people to come in, maybe in the in the score draw or you know match winner yeah. type thing uh match winner have just come back out as well i'm actually talking wow. to them uh, about some other um uh, about some football kickbox stuff i'm hoping to feature them and uh i am going to plead with them to try and get the purple whirlpool shamrock rovers uh away oh, kit oh yeah re remade because uh hideous a hideous kit that was laughed out up and down the country and now worth a fortune worth an absolute yeah. fortune you know so it's it's gas it's gas the way it goes but there's definitely a space in the irish market i think for um someone to come in and maybe make a, these kind of reproductions and um you know link up with the club so i think there's I think there's a huge demand for them and there's just no, none available you know if you yeah. want a, a dundalk shirt from the 80s or 90s and they only pop up every now and again on eBay and it's Dunlock fans outbidding each other, you know, and <laughs> and then they go to crazy money. Like, so it's, it's kind of, it, it's, it's a little bit sad in a way. And uh, I'm delighted now that most clubs have 
latched on to the power of the of the shirt and um and to see what Bose and and Galway and stuff are doing at the moment is on an international stage is is phenomenal, phenomenal. And yeah. Playoff Fit have a retro. They have a retro one on sale in the shop, don't they? The club yeah, shop. Yeah, I was going to say we actually have a retro one for for this year, um, that we that we brought out, um, just real old classic crest and stuff, a basic black and white, um, full white, um, kit with just the black trim on it. You know, it's it's nice the just to see them like I say, yeah. do a nod, do a nod well, back. Made by player every club it? Yeah, it's, it's on the it's on yeah. the Dundalk FC shop. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, I think it's oh cool. I think it's there. Yeah, it's a real kind of real. Like, it's a collar t-shirt, but there's no like buttons. I don't think. I think it's just like an open. It's really kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really class. Yeah, it's nice. oh, I must check nice that place. out. Yeah, yeah. No, they're 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 that's 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 definitely a good great idea. Yeah, tapping into that whole retro renaissance yeah. at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Just when you'd mentioned Paul, oh, that's it. There we go. Look, there we go. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Really nice. Really, really nice. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I think that's really the first time that we've we've gone in and done something like that. But as you're saying, Paul, more clubs should tap into it because it's their history, and it's great to give a nod back to to things like this. Like that, there's a classic jersey that was never really made, but obviously the club gave over the rights to player fit to actually reproduce them for this. And you think of how many iconic Dundalk jerseys, in particular, and um, there's been would that over be from the eighties now? Was it? It would. Uh, I, would I, been, I, yeah. I, yeah. It would have been. Well, it would be like a nod, it'd be like a nod to the late seventies and eighties. I think yeah. there was one. The classic one is kind of the Tommy Mack one. You remember that famous picture, of Chris? It was like the two, yeah. the double stripe. We kind of they'd done it a couple of years ago with uh, CX Sport. They had a kid out with a collar. It was like a, a double pinstripe down the, the left hand side to yeah. the breast. But that yeah. would be kind of that vintage. Yeah, real, really kind of just. Simple. Yeah, Derek. Was, Derek is bringing a few of those ones yes, from yeah. the sixties, and literally yeah. that's all that's on the shirt. Two yeah. oh, pins, uh, classics, and maybe classics. a little O'Neill's badge or something. Yeah, maybe, but, yeah, there's, there's not even a Dundalk crest on it, like, and the yeah, numbers yeah. stitched on and ah, oh, yeah. stuff. Brilliant, really, brilliant. Really just when you mentioned, um, you were, just something you said there about you know people playing stupid money. Do you find that uh, like the kit cons or uh, maybe any other Jerry, but the kit con in particular? Do people make bids on what's there? Or even like, do you find a seller might want to sell, but the money comes in that's really, you know, somebody of really stupid money? You know, like, do, well, do, do you well, find that? It's kind of broken into two categories. So we have, uh, so the ones I listed before, they're all collections. So people are bringing those collections. Um, like Con McAlevey is bringing a hundred different shells jerseys from the last oh. 50, 60 years, a hundred different ones. Like not a few variations, like so that's that's phenomenal. He's pairing up with one of the other um, Rochelle's kids collectors, and they're going to bring, uh, you know, again, that's probably one of the biggest collections in the country. They're not going to part with any of them for love and their money, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, but uh, I don't know what might happen in the car park afterwards or, or whatever, <laughs> you know. If you're if you're offered serious money for it, perhaps, you know. But the collectors are coming to display their collections and and that's it it means more to them really than money you know Absolutely, what i mean yeah, yeah. um so i suppose they're they want it in its entirety or uh they might be uh, re-donating it to the club or um you know the club some clubs are talking about coming up with museums like bartley ramsey's going to be there from finn harps and he has a an agreement in place when they do up um their new stadium that he's going to uh, donate the kits and the memorabilia he has like memorabilia from from years and years, he's going to kind of, you know, re-donate that to the club to, wow, for, really. for a museum. So, so the wow. value on it is more important than the money, yeah. if you know what I mean? You know, it's a, it's more about, you know, kind of retaining the, 
the history of the club. But we do, we will have vendors there as well. If anyone wants to come down and buy stuff, we have um, onside jerseys, Galazzo football shirts, oh, NI Classico, oh. kit launch, uh, football kit box, obviously, awesome. um, Irish Sports Museum. Um, the stuff they have is absolutely. Yeah, I, I actually clicked on there. I was, I was just before the pods. I was actually on their site. They have amazing. Like, oh, I, I've they, never seen an Irish collection like it. Even the goalkeeper stuff. It's it's incredible. Well, they're building yeah, a, a museum themselves, but they will have like really, really exclusive stuff for mm-hmm. sale. But like that, they 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 are hoping to to have a, a bricks and mortar museum as well. They're collecting. Uh, Premier shirt uh, displays Argentina football shirts. Um, he's only got Argentinian league football shirts, and he might have a few um, Argentina World Cup shirts, which are really rare and really uh, tricky to get. He's definitely bringing a few of them. He hasn't put them online because he wants to sell them at KickCon. Uh, Calcio Culture Club has an unbelievable selection as well. He's coming down and. Um, Soccer Cards United are sponsoring the event with Icarus, so they're going to both have stands. Uh, Soccer Cards United um, sell the, you know, the cards and the NFTs and the memorabilia oh, yeah, and that yeah. kind of side of it. Uh, and Icarus are going to have um, a selection of their uh, modern stuff as well. So there's modern shirts and there's kind of retro uh, shirts for sale as well. And then throughout the whole day, we have a whole list of speakers um, from some of the different League of Ireland clubs are going to do little kit histories, uh, uh, kit history on uh, Newell's Old Boys, a few kind of comedy type sketches as well, and um, Mm -hmm. a panel discussion uh, at the end as well. Um, So it's going to be a really, really good day. There's loads and loads for everybody. And this year we have a Saturday uh, extra bonus event as well. Anyone who buys a ticket for KickCon will get free access to Shells versus Treaty women's uh two o'clock on saturday then afterwards we're doing the walking tour around north dublin uh, with aon and gary and so we're going around the historical sites of um, irish football history and then uh, finishing up in daily man park for a social event uh in the spiritual home of irish football and we're going to have uh, some kit talks a bit of crack a few points and we're going to have 90s bangers evening to finish it off so we're going to have banging 90s tracks and Brilliant. all you have to do is wear your wildest and wonderful uh, 90s jersey down to it and um, yeah full day of events on the Saturday and then all day Sunday is going to be kit heaven for anyone who is into that type of thing Brilliant Paul well it sounds it sounds like a fantastic event I, I, you know I don't want the moment to pass though Gally considering this person's also been a guest on this show before and we talked about it and he showed the jersey before if only you could get your hands on Alan O'Neill's Swedish jersey so oh, yeah. uh, goalkeeper for Dundalk he um, his goalkeeping jersey clashes so the only other jersey he gets his hand on is in a semi-final is a Swedish goalkeeping jersey and it brings him such luck. He plays so well that he wants to wear it into the final. And he goes and gets Harp Lager printed on the front of it because Harp insisted that he wore it. So there's 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 images of him. Um, I believe that was the 91 FBI. Yeah, it's one of the most elite and dark. Did you have him on the pod after I was talking? He was he you on have. the pod. It was around the same or... time. Yeah, it was around yeah. the same time or just uh, you're either shortly before or after. Yeah, it could have been. I yeah, think he was coming time. on just after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raging. Yeah. I, I, I missed that. Like, yeah. And does yeah. he still have it? He still has it. Yeah, he, he has it hanging it. up the blue goalkeeping Swedish jersey with Harp Lager printed on the front of it. Oh. That he won the 91 um, FBI Cup final. Daily Man. 
but he won that in Daly Man Park. So there's a perfect little circle to that. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Tell him to come down. He's invited. I'll give him free drop tickets. A message, yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely ask him. Hey, sure. How not? And uh, you guys are more than welcome to come down as well, especially if that's yeah. a 0708 uh, away Dundalk or home Dundalk. It, it is, yeah. This one here, this one here, yeah. Oh, I love I said, that. I, I, wore, I have more. So I said, I wear it tonight just for the night that's in it that you're on. I'll wear my, this is the oldest one I can get my hands on at the minute. I love it. I love it. That, yeah. I, I have a, a few of those type of Umbro ones. The Ireland yeah. one is really, really good. And it's all the small little details. Yeah. That's what yeah. makes this, that. This is a pretty good, like for, for the kit that it is. This, it's, it's only when you look, like you say, it's only when you actually look at the detail on it. It's a really, really savage kit. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully put together. 06 or 07? Uh, it would be. What are we talking, Chris? 2000 and what year was it? Oh, no. So this was oh, after this was... we got promoted. So no, it's it be 2010, is it? Yeah, could have been 2010 because 2008 AG... we were promoted. 070 so, yeah. would be AGM. That's the green one. That that green one I was talking about, the emerald green, that would be from 2008, is it, Chris? Mm, I would have thought so. That, now, if anybody had that one, I'd take that out to kick on as well. If anybody's got that I'm sure hand, John Flanagan really... still has it, who was commenting in there really tonight. savage. No. I, it gets slagged There's a gauntlet green. down to, to Flano. Such a nice, and it's a nice green. It's like a really deep, oh, it's classic, classic. I don't even know I think if we figured, Well, I think we figured out Gally's favourite jersey. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maybe you should get out the player fit and see what they do, do a no retro no uh, version of people it. to recreate it, the player fit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Paul, look, thank you as always. And I'm sure if anyone wants any more information, they can jump on the KitCon and they'll get all the information there. Yeah, kickonera.com is the website if they want to buy uh, tickets or they can follow us on social media at kickonera. Perfect. Paul, thank you so much. We'll let you go and we'll waller and we look at the finished table to see where Dundalk are falling down to. <laughs> uh, well, best of luck on Sunday, guys, anyway. And uh, hope to see you next week, Sunday the 16th. You see us down there. Cheers, Perfect. Paul. Thank you, Paul. Brilliant. Thanks. Brilliant. So jealous of people having all these kits. Remember all the kits you would have had and like you've just oh, no. discarded, just, just thrown out. Like, yeah. Man, I, I think of like, old. I had 1994, 95 Sharp United jersey. I don't know yeah. where that is anymore. Oh, like, no. Just crazy stuff. So frustrating. I, 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 I had for like Villa, I had like the AST computers uh, jersey. That's Stan Collarbook. Yeah, Stan with, with, with Bosnich on the back, the grey one. Oh, um, 90. Or 95 season, I think that one would have been. And um, and the goalkeeping one after that it was like a yellow and green one. Michael Oakes and, and Mark Bosnich would have been in, in goals in that right. that year. And I remember looking for it like maybe two, three years later. And my mum went, Oh, sure, I just gave all them, went to a charity shop. Yeah. Heartbroken. Yeah, it's only now you think, God, like you could have got like Ireland jerseys, like. I had the open, not the USA 94 and the white with the tree, the, the stripes. The green. I had that. Yes. Where that is, I had no idea. I had the Aircom one from you. Like, so nah, what do you think now? You should look at hindsight's great. It's like the football here. Hindsight's great. You should have played this. You didn't play that. Look, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the hindsight podcast. That's what we need to be called. Yeah. yeah. Look, I suppose, Gally, we've probably rambled on more than enough tonight and um, let's just wrap this up looking at a poor state of the league table as it stands at the moment and um, so bows on top after a 1-0 victory in Derry tonight Derry second 15 points then two teams in behind that Shamrock Rovers and Pats I believe they got a 2-1 victory tonight did they? They did yeah yeah uh, yeah 2-1 yeah. oh 3-1 over Drogheda and um, finished one, Shelburne um, beating Sligo 2-1 which really 
kind of annoys us then when you think of this Sligo result um, with ourselves 3 0 for uh, Shamrock Rovers over UCD, and as I said, and Bo's victory over Derry. Um, and that is the state of affairs when it comes to the table. Then um, Sligo stay just ahead of us on goal difference, where um, they're zero, we're minus two. Sorry, Drahada, um, we're a point behind Drahada now um, on 11 points. Below us then, uh, moving closer, thanks to three points tonight, um, is Cork City and bottom UCD. At some stage, we're going to look back on the season, Gally, and we'll say, drop points to Cork, drop points to UCD as well. That's the yeah. real kicker in all of this, because if you add in those sort of points now, if you had got three points at UCD instead of, um, or in the opening game of the season against UCD, um, we'd be somewhere on this, but you just think, oh, you know, <laughs> it could be one of these seasons. It could be one of these seasons. Yeah, and it's like, you look ahead, like you have Derry, I think it's Shells the week after, mm-hmm. and then it's Drogheda, you know, so like, yeah, I like I, and the, the way we're playing. There's nothing easy now. You know what I mean? There never no. is a league of Ireland. Look, I mean, yes, you'll get some games that are just an absolute pace and for teams, but they're just they're, what's coming up is just so they're like draw out of flame. You know, like they're not flame, but I mean they're playing better than we are. Um, yeah, look at just three there was a couple of, Yeah, there's a couple of other bits and pieces that come in just just while we were talking to Paul and stuff like that. And I don't want to put them yeah. through. Um, Shane Coleman just came in with a question earlier, just asking a question to be asked, why every time we go behind, do we never look like scoring or coming back? I thought the exact same thing this afternoon. As soon as we went behind, I actually said to myself, oh, that's not a good thing. Yeah. You know, we don't <laughs> seem to have the backbone to pull ourselves back into games. If we go ahead, you know, we've seen... Um, even when shells equalized against us, we kicked on and, and we got the, the, the win straight after the, the big win against them um, Pats before that in the league. But, you know, even, even the Drogheda game, and, and you know, I looked Drogheda game, it was the 16th of March, which means Sunday's game is now the 16th of March. So we're actually a month without a win um, as well. Uh, so like there's, there's a couple of, we- Bad omens like that sneaking around. Yeah, it was, it was the same. Be, it was the same. Real... Uh, yeah, even if you take even if you take tonight out of those Shane saying, even if you look at uh, Friday night, like we scored yeah. on Friday night, but like was it a penalty? He, he then takes the penalty, hits the keeper, then hits the keeper. Yeah, like, very it, soft. He done everything, but they kicked the ball right. It just never. And apart from that, again, we never really looked like taking the game to anybody. It's. Yeah, I, look, and we've never had those problems over the years. We've always looked like we score, you know, we've, not all the time, but I mean, you know, even on that, we've always looked like, right, it's an early goal, we can see this, we'll be fine. You know, we get back into this, even if it's a score draw. But yeah, the last two games in particular, look, you'll, you'll take the penalty for Friday night, but tonight, the old, like I said, I've probably said it too many times, we could have played at midnight and not scored. You know, that's, and, yeah. I, and the thing, the funny thing is, neither would Cork. Like, that's the frightening No, thing. no, and that's why I said this, before the game I said to you, this is nil-nil written all over. I think, that Skip's going to be cagey not to give something silly away. But at the same time, I was thinking, no Huben, no Elliot up front. Who are we going to get up there? We're probably not going to look like we're going to score either. Yeah. Um, and I actually would have took a nil-nil because if you look over the last four results, we've conceded, what, 11 goals, scored one, and, you know, no clean sheet since the Derry match or or since the Drogheda match then as well. Yeah. So, you know, I'd take nil-nil and, and hit the reset button and go again because... Even if you take the UCD game that time, poor result, and um, we came back and we, you know, didn't show anything great 
against um, Bowes, but you could see maybe at the end, maybe there's something we could do. But I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, he just needs to dig out a result, is my my thinking on, on this right now, is Skip needs to just dig out a result somewhere. If that had to be a nil-nil to show that we can keep a clean sheet and build confidence from the back, get a settle back four and go forward. And I seen the changes and stuff, and I was like, well, maybe, maybe not. That's just where I feel the, we've, we've got an issue here is Skip somehow needs to, he needs to obviously get, get results because you look at the table we just showed there. We, we obviously need results to get ourselves back into this league to not get sucked into anything else that's going on. You've seen it last year. Top two teams probably pushed away. We managed to catch up yeah. with them. Everyone else below that was all taking points off each other. And, yeah. you know, it's anything could happen in any game. If we start getting cut adrift, you get caught in that, then it's what does your season play for? Then you've suddenly got European football going to kick in. How do you raise your game for that? You know, they're the conundrums that, that Skip's going to face this week. I know, was it yourself or Domo was saying, you know, I think it might have been yourself, isn't a pity it's not Friday night or whatever. But actually, yeah. this gives nearly a full week for Huben to try to get him somewhere fit. Obviously, Robbie Benson hasn't played football because of his suspension. Gives him a full week of training now, get back in. Let's assess Dan Kelly's injury. Have a look at that then as well. Could we have Elliot back, Ainsley or Ansley with another full week of training coming yeah. back there? I actually think the extra day or two might benefit us here. And I'd take nil-nil against Derry at home right now. No problem. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like uh, and, avoid and, defeat. And you know, whether we play well or not, just, just yeah. grind out a result that shows yeah. that we're not as easy as we are because I think if you if you took how we fell down in in the two four nil defeats I know one of them's a Europe it was a, a cup competition it didn't really matter you could say but it's still it's still there and it's ingrained in the players that over the past few games that we've conceded a lot of goals and then there tonight we didn't create the opportunities enough to go and win the game so if we can't win the game by scoring let's make ourselves hard to to beat and yeah. I think that's what I'd focus on in particular, depending on what personnel you have available. Just make yourself, like, could we have gone, you know, three at the back, two wingers, you know, kind of had a flat back five at times tonight. And, and, you, know, yeah. you know, and just said, just whatever happens. Like, I always remember Mourinho always said, every game he, he always starts, he starts with a point. So yeah. you have to take a point away from him anyway, and he's going to go for the full three. So it's, it's taking that sort of men mentality right now is like, Take the point against Derry now. Don't whatever you do, don't lose the point. And if we can win it, let's win it. But take the point. It's yeah. not the worst. And, and let's not do something silly. Just keep it there. An extra player at the back, you know, might cut out these mistakes. We can spread players out forward, especially Derry. Chances are we'll only play one up top as well. So if you're if you're playing a flat back five like that, mm -hmm. you know, you've loads of extra people to pass it to. We shouldn't be getting caught into these little triangles, the, the two pressure that we've got against court tonight that we got against um at, at the weekend and as well on friday night as well same patterns of play to keep getting ourselves into trouble let's let's try something different to get out of that make ourselves hard to defeat and then build on that going forward for the rest of the season yeah it's that like, like obviously yeah i was just gonna say it's that simple it's obviously not that simple but i mean like like the coach you're rather saying like if, if you don't concede a goal you're guaranteed a point that's a minimum you'll come out of a game. If you don't concede anything, now, it's difficult against Derry. The problem is, like Shane had said there, if Derry go one nil up, could we get a score draw against them? I don't know. You know, like you, you got to play for the nil 
and just see what happens. Take your pot shots down the far end if you can get away with it. But you have to try and keep a clean sheet for as long as possible against teams yeah. like that. And unfortunately, we're in a position where you have to try and keep a clean sheet against everybody we play now. Because there doesn't seem to be that little kid of, you know, right, well, one nil, we'll get back into it. Like, Stephen Kenny would have conceded a goal in the 80th minute. And you would have mm. said, we'll score in the next 12. Dude, that, that yeah. was the type. I, know, I, know, I don't want to go back to that era, but that, it was a different mentality. But, but Stephen O'Donnell played in that. So it's not like, he, yeah. it's not like he's not teaching these lads that. I, like, I think the players have a lot to answer. I, there's no way the training or the, the, the strategy to have is, is that, is what we watch tonight. Mm-hmm. Those lads have to go and put on that jersey and do what's asked of them. At the minute, they're just not. They're not doing it. Um, like you had said, if you can start with a point, it's up, it's up to Derry then to come and take it off you. Yeah, that's that's the aim of the game now. Keep keep the ball at your own net, and you'll take a chance will come your way somewhere. Especially at Oriel Park, three o'clock on the kickoff. We don't know what's been. I can't remember the last one we had, but it, it might it, it could prove very significant. That game that's been moved. It, it, like you said, I know mm-hmm. Donald a Friday night for the Oriel Row. You'd love it in Oriel Park on a Friday night. Derry coming to town, but that extra two days, they'll be training now on Friday instead. Probably maybe Saturday morning. Yeah, that could that it could be pivotal. It could really it could be it could be. Look, you're hoping that the second round of games kicking off on Sunday really kickstarts the season because unfortunately we're nine games in and we haven't got home at all. Yeah, and that, and that's it. Just it's very easy to get cut adrift on these yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, when, we had the, when we had the, with the league table table up there earlier on and we were looking at it, you know, and, and people were talking about poor star from Shamrock Rovers, poor star from Pats was Clancy under under pressure. They've just. Put everything behind yeah. them now. Drawn a line and said, "Just build result, build result, build result, build result." That's it. And got themselves back in. They're you know knocking. What did I see? Was Pats on twelve points now or something like that already? Yeah. Like, so yeah. it, it just goes to show that if you actually put a run together, you get yourself back into this very quickly, and then you, you have something to build on. But I just think right now, let's just make ourselves hard to to beat. And then hopefully when when Patrick Coopin comes back, gets fitter, we got more options in LA and, yeah. and wingers and stuff like that. We can do something. But right now, if you don't have those options, I think instead of trying to play the same way with different personnel, let's maybe change the way that we actually play. Yeah. Make ourselves hard to beat, and it's up to the other teams. That's it. It's up to the other that, teams to like, do something and, now to beat. And like you're hoping that. Look, you'd like to get a full squad back to strength. You're hoping that, like, like we t- we take we were talking about, you know, Shepherd earlier on. The the win played a factor. Doesn't want to kick the ball anymore. Wants to pass the feet. But he, he had taken that long to pick where he was going to put it. He ended up rushing it. To, I think it was Dave. Yeah. Was it Davis? And that's what's killed the game. You know, the boys just come back mm-hmm. in and you know to put the ball. It's the only chance they got the whole game. The only real chance. Yes, he slipped coming out. He still got time to get out. He's been on his feet. He's straightforward when he comes out. But those little bit when you're not performing to, your, to what yeah. you're supposed to be doing, those wee bits of luck will go against you all the time. All, all the time. time. We yeah. we seen it under Paul Filippo a couple of seasons ago. They had no luck. The only luck yeah. they had was bad luck. You know, like some of the some of the performances were atrocious, but there were some games were cracking and the shot themselves have really early and it's it's open season there. And like you say, look, yeah, absolutely start like keep a clean sheet. You know, you'll get a point. Let's get yeah. you, you know, you kind of want to get April out of the way. April's really important now, you know, like three games on the bounce. You've got dairy, shells, drugs, you know, it could be three. If you're looking, maybe even God, if you thought you'd even get you know, if you, you'd chew your hand off now for five points, you know, from any, you know, from yeah. right, right across the tree, you know, that's any kind of once or not getting beat well, 
but, but one thing that has to they've got to keep the ball in their own net for as long as possible and that's unfortunately what we're at at the minute and that's 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 yeah. the level what we need to get to otherwise you're not you're going to pick up nothing absolutely nothing yeah, look, I think I think that'll do us um, for tonight. Um, just a reminder to everyone that uh, the shop is still open for our charity jersey for this year um, with Player Fit and Dundalk Village. Thanks as always to Donald Green for the backing on the pod and to Tony's Pizzeria, who is our shirt sleeve sponsor um, on the jersey too. That's open for another um, few days on playerfit.com forward slash the town and podcast. Uh, thanks to um, Donald and to Paul from KickCon as well for popping on earlier on. We'll see everyone again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <nearly this time. laughs> um, next week again after the dairy match. Um, and until then, come on, turn. <laughs>